Well, I'm happy it's Easter. And Easter, um, I want to really encourage you with this. Sometimes it all kind of gets blended together and we stop at the cross. And without the cross, the cross is the centerpiece. The cross is the hinge pin of the gospel and the plan of God. But I don't want you to stop at the cross. If I can say it this way, don't, don't get stuck there and don't leave Jesus there. And we move on to the tomb and an empty tomb at that. And because we don't want to stop just at the sacrifice, we want to move on to the empowerment that comes because of that. And here's a principle that God modeled best and it, it plays out in our life. And it is this, that sacrifice always releases power. Sacrifice releases power. Think about it in your own life. When you sacrifice, when you go out of your way, when you put a little effort to do something for somebody, how many of you know that it releases power in them? And there's a joy. There's, there's a reward that's kind of built in. Anybody here this morning? Because I got news for you. If y'all don't pay attention, don't behave, we'll swap you out with some people in overflow, all right? And don't even try me on this one, all right? We've got 10 of them lined up ready to come in here, so... So y'all be on your very, very best here. But sacrifice releases power. And the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross released power. And that's what we want to talk about today. And that's what we celebrate here as a part of Easter. Easter now is, and it has been for years, a national holiday. For a lot of people, it's been reduced to spring break. And it's amazing how some people will choose to celebrate such a holy day. It's historical. It's commercialized, it's celebrated, it's one of two of the biggest church days that we celebrate each year, and most know what it's about, and many believe, many believe. We have sometimes in preacher world, you know, I've heard these jokes before that you have what is called the lily crowd, uh, reference Easter lilies. That's people, and it's some, it's some of y'all today, that come on Easter. And then you have the poinsettia crowd. And they come at Christmas. And then you have some that have the combo ticket. They come to both. I think what we're going to do is get flowers for every week, you know, and hop in there. But listen to me. I honor you that you came today. Because your coming today said that you're honoring something very holy and you believe something very holy. And so you organized your time and your day and set this apart to come. And I want to thank you for doing that. I want to honor you for honoring our risen Jesus in that way. And you did a good, good thing today by coming here, even if you never, never come at other times. Now, I'd like to encourage you to go beyond the combo ticket and get the frequent flyer. Okay, because we believe around here, we honestly believe that church days affect the rest of your days. If you just got two of those a year, you know, you keep coming back so you know it's affecting you in some way. And I'm telling you what, every week we believe in God and experiencing life-giving, life-changing services as we come together. We'd love to have you come back and welcome you to be a part of the Meadowbrook family. Well, the whole idea of somebody rising again from the dead is a little bit hard to grasp. I mean, that just doesn't really happen. That's kind of unbelievable. It's a little scary even. So we want to talk about that this morning. You know, I heard about a guy, he was in a, a taxi cab. 
And he was afraid that his driver was about to pass up the destination that he'd asked for. And so in that moment, he reached up and tapped the cab driver on the shoulder and said, Hey, buddy. And at that point, the cab driver just screamed in fear, lost control of the cab, almost hit a bus, jumped the curb, and almost drove head on into the plate glass window of a store. Everything came to a stop. Everything got still and quiet. And then in that moment, the driver turned and he said, you scared the daylights out of me. He said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize that tapping you on the shoulder would scare you so much. And the driver said, you know, it's, it's really not your fault. He said, today's my first day of driving a cab. And you see, for the last 25 years, I've been driving a hearse. Now, it's a little hard to get a hold of. I hope you're not afraid of a risen Jesus today. Hey, and uh, you're now free to tell that joke. I warned last night's service and this morning first service that do not tell that joke till lunch today because I didn't want to, I didn't want to ruin it for you guys. So, if you're like me, you hear such things, and I'm this way about just about everything. Well. Why? What difference does this make? Why does this matter? I remember in school trying to weasel out of things sometimes, you know, raising my hand and asking the algebra teacher, are we ever going to really need this? Do we actually have to use this? Shouldn't we do something else? We don't have to learn this. You know, because the question is, is it useful? Can I apply this? Does this make any difference in our life? Because if it doesn't, you know, then this is just a starchy religious holiday. And you got forced to dress up and come here. But I'm telling you that there's more to this. And I want us to look that it does make a difference. And it makes a difference now. And it makes a difference in your life. And it will make a difference in your day today. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is not just historic, though it is historic. It is not without significance. The resurrection is not just simply proof of his divinity. It is not just the validation of his teachings. And it's not just a once a year event that we come to celebrate together. Listen to me. The resurrection of Jesus Christ affects you and it affects me and it affects us in our every day. Or it can. Its power and its wonder can affect you. And here's the bottom line. If you believe, if you believe. Just for practice, everybody say, I believe. In Christianity and reference the, the life of Christ, we have a number of very important and powerful symbols or emblems. The first one would be the manger, the manger. And when we celebrate Christmas and see the manger and nativity scene, why are people in such uproar? Why are people so uh, bothered by a nativity scene? You know, that there's lawsuits about it and so forth. But let me just say that the manger is a symbol of extraordinary love. It's a, a symbol for us of extraordinary love. John 3.16 says, For God so, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 1 John chapter 4 tells us, This is love, that God sent His Son. So the manger for us represents extraordinary love. And then the cross, again the centerpiece of the gospel and the plan of God. The cross 
represents a lot of things, but I want to, want to suggest to you today that it represents extraordinary humility. Extraordinary humility. Philippians chapter 2 said that Jesus left the glories of heaven and humbled himself, took on the form of us, and he humbled himself to the point of death on the cross. And so that's an incredible thing. We sang in that last song, he's merciful and mighty. He's both. He's merciful and he's mighty. And he left the mightiness and came and was merciful to us. It's, it's incredible. It's extraordinary humility. And then we have the empty tomb as, as the third symbol. The empty tomb. And the empty tomb represents extraordinary power. Everybody say power. Extraordinary power. In Ephesians chapter 1. Are you with me this morning? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. And this is in the Amplified Bible. I'm just looking up there. It looks like I'm on a game show. Louis Morello, come on down. All right. Sometimes I ruin my own momentum. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 in the Amplified Bible. It says, and so that you, say that's me, so that you can know and understand. Follow this carefully. So that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for who us who what who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places now this power now we'll come back to this in a moment but this power is also for us who believe And this power was demonstrated at raising Jesus from the dead. We find these words, immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing. In the New King James, it says, exceeding greatness. That word exceeding means to throw beyond the mark, to far surpass. Think about this, exceeding greatness. Exceeding greatness. It means it is exceeding greatness. Greatness. It's beyond great. So the power of God is beyond great. We use some words sometimes like awesome, love it, great. And we use those so cheaply. What are we going to do when we finally do find something awesome and great? What are we going to say then? I think that's why a lot of heaven, we're just going to be going, because we just don't have words for it. And we've really dumbed down our words, you know. I love your shoes. I love your... You don't love it. You like it. You think it looks good. You know, wish you had it or whatever it would be. And we use these words. That is awesome. It's a corn dog. (laughs) And so we use these big words to describe little things. And we cheapen our life in that way. And here we have the awesome... Immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power. And that's the power that we're talking about today. In Psalm 19, it says that God created the universe. Everybody say created the universe. And you say, well, I'm not real sure about that. Well, you know what? If you, if you just wander around outside with your eyes open, your mind open, your heart open, you're going to notice something. You're going to find that wherever there's creation, 
there's going to be a creator. And wherever there's a design, you're going to find that there is a designer. And, it, and the Bible says that he created the universe. Say that. He created the universe. I mean, even though that's a pretty big deal. Well, let me just tell you, that's a big deal. You still don't believe me. Okay. How many of you entered a project in the science fair at some time? You know, seventh grade or so. Come on. How many of y'all went to school? Okay. All right. Good. Well, I entered the science fair, but I forgot about it till the night before. So I thought, oh no, I got to make a project, an award-winning project for the science fair. Now remember God's entry, the universe. So next door I found in my neighbor's trash, a a case, uh, you know, half of a cardboard box from his beer. This is a good start. You always got to have a box. Then I filled it up with sand. Then I found a little cactus. Then I found a second cactus. Now I have cacti. We've gone to a whole nother level. Looked around in the old toy box and drawers, found creepy crawlers and different things, put them in there, made a little sign, stuck it on the side. Life in the desert. Feeling pretty good about it. Walk in the next day, sand's pouring out of the corner. Put it on the big table. About the time I put mine in, there's a girl. It's always a girl. Her dad's backing up a truck and a crane. Boop, 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 boop. They lowered down this nuclear-powered community of the future. And I wonder why she got a better grade. But you know, sometimes we make something and we feel so good about what we've made. Listen, we haven't made anything. And anything you made that was halfway decent, God gave you the wisdom and grace to do that. But I want you to understand that God created the universe. Now, here's the point. When God created the universe, Scripture tells us in a, new, in a number of places that that was his handiwork. That was the work of his hands. Follow me. That was just the work of his hands. That was a fine work that he did, just the work of his hands. He crafted something. But it says, but then for salvation, which is dependent upon the resurrection, it says that that was the arm of his strength. And what scripture is saying to us here, if you put it together, is God exerted and released more power for our salvation. And at the cross and at the empty tomb, he exerted more power there than he did to create the whole universe. And here's the good news, and the power wasn't all used up right there. That was just the release of the power to come into our lives. I hope you got that. That was the release, the empty tomb, stone rolled away, Jesus alive. That was the release of the power to first of all, first of all, raise Jesus from the dead and then to help us in our lives. The open grave stands as a portal through which heaven flows into the earth, not only on that first Easter, but for us every day. And this power is for us. Everybody say the power is for me. And the power is actually for what I call in between. And do you know what? That's where we are. 
Because if you accept and believe what Jesus has done for us, the first great thing that's going to happen for you is salvation. And that's when you are rescued out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's dear son. It's when your eternal destiny changed, your direction changed, and you went from headed to hell to now headed to heaven. And so you came into salvation. The other end of this is your entrance into heaven. And one day that will happen, that we enter into heaven. And right now, though, we're in between this and we're in between this. Guess where we are? We are, help me out, we are in between. Here, honey, you got one? Okay. (laughs) Taking care of my wife. Um, But we are in between. Everybody say, I'm in between. And that's where we live most of our life. You know, in between things being perfect, in between things being right. We live in that in between and that's where the power comes. That's where the power comes to help us and to affect our every day. In Romans chapter six, verse four, it says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And watch this. And just as that means in the same way. And just as Christ was raised from the dead. Happy Easter. By the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. The purpose of the power was not just to raise Jesus from the dead, but it was the release of the power to come into your life. And I want you to get this, and I'll say it again, so that you could have a meaningful life. And so that you could have the power to live this life. Amen. And as crazy as this world is, As scary and crazy as this world is. Have you noticed? Come on, have you noticed? I mean, we're calling up, down and down, up and and things are just backwards and crazy. But get this, as crazy as this world is, this is still a world where Jesus is risen. We're not just left in a crazy bubble here. We're left in a place where there is a power flowing from the resurrection to help you and I in our in-between. And I'm thankful for that power. Somebody say something here this morning. The power that raised Jesus from the dead has been released to affect our lives for those who believe. In the Old Testament, there was a prophet named Elisha. Prior to him was a prophet, a powerful prophet. His name was Elijah. Elijah was used incredibly of God. Do you know how Elijah made his exit? Chariot of fire. Okay. And Elisha. Then at the point of Elijah leaving, he prayed, he asked, could I have a double portion of the power that is on you? Could I have it on me? And I don't know how all this works out. I don't know symbolically what exactly happened, but it said that as he was taken up, it's like this mantle, this garment fell upon Elisha. And whereas Elijah performed eight notable, incredible miracles by the power of God, Elisha then performed 16 incredible miracles. I want to go over a couple of these because it, it connects with what we're talking about today. He split the Jordan River. Come on. Overflow, y'all ready? I need need you in here. Um, He split the Jordan River. That's pretty notable. I remember as a kid finding out about that. And then Moses split in the sea. So I 
I tried it in the bathtub. No success. He split the Jordan River. He multiplied a widow's oil. He raised a boy from the dead by laying on him. He multiplied bread and corn to feed a hundred men. He cured a man named Laman of leprosy. I love this one. He caused a lost axe head to float in water so they could find it. Y'all are jaded. And he blinded the whole Syrian army. And then later gave them back their sight. This is incredible. I said, this is incredible. And then we come along and his life comes to an end. And we read in 2 Kings 13, then Elisha died. Great man of God, powerful man of God. Then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiding bands, and let me point this out, these were gangs of terrorists. The raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. And so it was as they were burying a man, follow closely, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders. And they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood to his feet. Pretty incredible. Now, let me make, make sure you got this. Elisha is dead and gone to the place that now there are bones remaining in the tomb. And these people carrying out a ceremony of honor for their dead friend, their dead loved one, carrying him along and they see these raiders, this, this gang of terrorists. And especially if they saw a funeral procession would come and desecrate the body, steal any treasure that was attached to that, strip them, take advantage of the people that were there and rob them as well. It was a horrible, horrible thing. They knew that that kind of thing was going on. They're carrying their friends. So they, when they see them coming, they quickly, I don't even know if at that moment they knew whose tomb it was. It's been a long time since Elijah died. And they quickly put him into the tomb. And when that dead body touched the bones of the dead prophet, something happened and he was revived and he stood up. Now, how many of you know that guy was on talk shows the next week? <laughs> Follow me. That power was residual power. The hand of God, the breath of God, the power of God had operated through that man to do those 16 notable miracles plus others. To do all those things. And that is a residual power that just remains. I want you to note this too. The purpose for that power is now past. The purpose for that power is now past. Essentially, there was power. There's residual power. The purpose for the power is past. He's dead. He's buried. He's pretty much just glowing in the dark in the tomb. And now when this whole event takes place and that dead man's body touches those bones, that was enough power. Get this. That was enough power. Residual power that had no further purpose now caused this man to come back alive. Now connect that and consider that with the power that we're talking about today, which is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that power 
is not a residual power. Follow me. It's a released power. This was not just some leftover something. This was a power that was now released. And whereas the the power on Elisha was, the purpose of that was passed. This power, follow me, this, this power is released for this purpose. To raise Jesus from the dead. That's its very purpose. And for that power to outflow to those who believe. And I said it earlier, but the power was not all used up. On the day of Easter, on the day of resurrection, that power continues to flow. And here's the reason why. So that you can have a meaningful life. And so that you could have the power to live it. So that you could have a meaningful life and you could have the power to live it. This power truly is great. This power truly is awesome. This power is out of proportion. It's beyond great. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of the Father, the scripture says, so we also can live a new life because he gives us a meaningful life and the power to live it. For the resurrection to mean anything to you today and for it to make any difference in your life, you must believe. You must believe. Listen to me. The message is true. The event was real. And by you not believing, that doesn't make it untrue. And by you believing, that doesn't make it more real. By you believing, you release the power of the resurrection to be real and to be active and to be present in your life so that you can have a meaningful life and have the power to live it. Thank you, Lord. Like I said, we live in a crazy world. But we live in a world where Jesus Christ is risen. You need to believe that. You need to step across the line and say, I believe. Just for practice, would you say, I believe. believe. Because you know what? You're probably going to face something this week. And I wouldn't be a doubter if I were you. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to believe and to trust. And to step across the line and say, I believe. I believe that there was a power that raised Jesus from the dead. And I believe. I can't figure it all out. It doesn't work in our minds. But I believe there's a power to give me a meaningful life. And there's a power to help me to overcome. And there's a power to help me live this life. And let me tell you how it plays out. Because we've got all kinds of stuff represented in this room. There's situations of every sort. There are things some of y'all are coming out of. Thank God. There are things that some of you are right in the middle of. There's some of you just starting to feel the wind and hit the waves of some things you're coming into. And I believe that in this crazy world, so thankful again, we have a risen Jesus. And the way that plays out, listen to me, look at me. The way that plays out, if you choose to believe, I want to promise you this. That that power outflowing from the resurrection, here's how it plays out in your life. You are never alone. And you're never without help. You are never alone. And you are never without help. I believe. I believe and I challenge you today to step across that line because, friend, you can't do this by yourself. You say, well, I can't figure all this out. I can't either. 
But a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And I've found myself to never be alone and never without help. Jesus is risen from the dead. Just as he said, and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And it will help you to have a meaningful life and the power to live it so that you're never alone and you're never without help. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter.